Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Home and home. Now it's time to talk New York Jets. We'll have Chad Pennington with us. But first, let's take a look back at the Jets season that was. There is a lot of expectation on both sides of the ball, but I think especially offensively for the Jets, not only because it's a new head coach who's an offensive guy, not only because it's Sam Darnold in his second year, not only because they added Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there's a million reasons why. And you, and you want to know why the expectations are high? Because Adam Gase has made them high. For Luke Falk, you know what? I thought he did okay. I mean, he stood in there, and I, I look, folks, it is what it is. It's injuries, and uh, this is the NFL football season. It is a war of attrition, and right now the Jets are feeling the pain, and uh, they're going to feel it probably for another couple weeks until Sam comes back. What happened? What's, what's the well, problem with the quarterback? During the break, Ernie shared some unfortunate news. Now, yeah, I read. I saw he had a strip throat. They sent him home for practice. So, well, what's the, Sam what's the problem? Sam Darnold will not play on Monday. Uh, he has mono and uh, could miss multiple weeks. Uh, mono. Isn't mono where you're always tired? Yes. For, and it lasts yes. a while. Mono's months. Kids would have mono in school. They'd, be, they'd disappear for two months. We'd never see him again. So our football team is a joke, disgrace, laughing stock year after year. Anyway, Sam Darnold. I mean, everyone's anointing this guy as like the Jets' savior. Whether you like it or not, whatever the reason, that's two years he can't play 16 games. I don't really see any leadership qualities from this guy. Could be wrong on that. There's just, there's just a bunch of things. I'm looking right now at Adam Gaze, okay, who should be fired today. I mean, I, I, they, we, why are we wasting our time with this brutal head coach. Let's start with that. They allowed this guy to sell them a bill of goods that he was the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer. Well, he did a lot of whispering to Sam Donald last night. Luke Falk looked better in the loss to the Patriots than Donald did yesterday. They should take care of Jamal Adams, sign him, give yes. him a nice big contract. No-brainer, yes. But now, this rumor about this wide receiver. All right, let's see if your guessing skills. He wants the New York Jets, according to some reports. He wants, wants the, the Jets. Jets. Correct. According to some reports. Uh, okay, let's start with Julio Jones. Not quite. DeAndre Hopkins. No. A little more trouble. Oh, no. You're not telling me it's Beckham. Oh, I'm no telling way. you it's Beckham, I want baby. no part of him. Well, I'm with you a thousand percent. No freaking part of this guy.
There it is. The radio.com red zone, if you will. The Jets season that was. You know, it's weird, Jason. They were seven and nine. I mean, they yeah. were seven and nine. That's that's not that bad. You know, it's like I think I thought maybe they'd be eight and eight, nine and seven. They're one of those teams that because they got off to such a bad start, you almost didn't realize that later in the year they ended up being seven and nine. It, I guess that's why you play all 16 games. But after Darnold got mono and they lost those games and they were terrible early, I think everybody just kind of forgot about him and just thought they sucked. Well, Darnold got the mono and eventually came back. But then he was, remember, he was seeing ghosts. Remember what the, the came out with yeah. the, the mic'd up thing and against the Patriots. And look, a lot of people have seen ghosts against Bill Belichick teams. But that wasn't a good look for him. But they did win three games in a row at one point. And they kind of put it together a little bit. And, you know, what's the next step in the progression? That's the big question for, for the Jets now. Um, the fact that, you know, they, they, they won more games than the Giants. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> They're moving in the right direction. But I heard the questions there about Adam Gaze. And he's, he's bizarre. But is he the right guy? I mean, that's like the big question for the Jets. And, and is he the right guy to get the most out of Sam Darnold? is the other question, because if Darnold is a legit franchise quarterback, then they're going to be a pretty good team moving forward. Now, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he had, what, like less than 800 yards on the season, but um, I, they could be moving in the right direction. They are actually less dysfunctional now, to me, than the New York Giants. And I agree, and I think it was Joe Beningo said, I want no parts of OBJ. I don't either if I'm the Jets. Well, I no want thing. every part of Chad Pennington, good friend of mine, unbelievable career he had with the Jets and the Dolphins. Now he does so many good things for former players off the field. Chad, it's Ross Tucker, Jason Mertidis. Really appreciate the time. Always great to talk with you. And it's funny, we're talking Jets, Chad. And I just said to Jason, I don't think anybody realizes they were seven and nine. And when you start out 0-4, ending up 7-9 and is not that bad. Well, you're exactly right, Ross. Uh, that's exactly the feeling I think that everybody has, is that the Jets were worse than what they finished record-wise. Uh, we could certainly talk about where they need to improve, uh, what adjustments they need to make uh, to become a playoff contender. But I think being able to rebound and respond in the second half of the season the way they did, uh, Adam Gase and his staff deserve credit. Uh, an organization deserves some credit there uh, because it would have been really easy to turn that season into 3-13 and 13, um, when you're dealing with that type of emotion and that, that lack of success that they had early in the year. So to finish 7-9, and nine, I think uh, it was a, is a much better spot to be in feeling good about the trajectory of your first year as a head coach. Hey, Chad, when you look at the team and you take that 0-4 start out, they went 7-5 and the rest of the way, the final 12 games of the season. But do they have the quarterback? Is Sam Darnold the guy to, to not only lead the Jets but handle the New York spotlight and all the things that come with it? You played in that city. It's not an easy city to play in, especially for a team that hasn't gotten it right now in so long. 
Well, we're asking that question about a 21-year-old. And so uh, I think for anybody, uh, I think time will tell. And what you have to do is you have to go based upon your evaluation of film and how you evaluated the player coming into the draft, coming out of college. And uh, too many times in our league, we are trying to place an organization upon the shoulders of a 21- or 22-year-old youngster. Um, And to be able to make that decision right now, I think, is completely unfair. Now, when you watch him play, uh, do you see potential? Absolutely, we see potential. And I I think that's why people get excited. But then they're wanting to take that potential and turn it into a 10-year quarterback production. That's not going to happen right now. It's impossible to happen right now. And so, to me, the goals of the organization is to look at the quarterback position and go, we have a bright young talent here. We have talent at the quarterback position that we can build around. And instead of asking about what he can or cannot do, how about focus on what we can give him to allow him to do something positive uh, with the position? That, that to me, has to be the mindset. It cannot all be upon Sam Darnold. Tom Brady was not asked to win games as a third-year starter in this league, and they won a Super Bowl doing it that way. He wasn't asked to win games until the 2007 season when Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and all the weapons came in. And so there are ways to win and win effectively and be really, really good and win championships without completely asking your 21-year-old quarterback to do everything. Uh, To me, that's unrealistic. Talking with Chad Pennington, longtime NFL quarterback. Now he's doing some great work. For former players, among other things, he's got going on. We'll get to that at the end. I did want to get your thoughts, Chad, on Adam Gase, sort of what you knew about him or thought of him before he became the Jets head coach and whether or not uh, you are confident that he's the right guy to be the head man of the Jets moving forward. My first conversation was, was uh, with Adam Gase was, uh, I think, around 2014 uh, when he was interested in the possibility of, of looking at the Miami Dolphins. I think he was in Chicago at that time, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong on the year. But uh, from that conversation moving forward, I have uh, developed a tremendous amount of respect for Adam, uh, just knowing uh, our conversations, our football conversations, as well as our people conversations, uh, getting an understanding of how he views running a team and organization, and most importantly, of how he treats and operates with the quarterback position. I think in Miami, uh, there was every reason and every opportunity that Adam had to throw the quarterback under the bus, so to speak, to not support his quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. Adam never did that. He completely supported Ryan in his development and what they were trying to get accomplished. That is rare in our league, unfortunately. And there are only two men in in an NFL organization that carry records. That's the head coach and the quarterback. Those are the only two people that people ever talk about uh, the record of a team. And so I think he understands the importance of having a great relationship with your quarterback, of being transparent, being able to communicate, being able to support that position, because it is the most difficult position in all of professional sports. And so I've always respected him for that. And I think he's carried that onto the Jets. And I think we saw Sam really make some strides under his leadership uh, and tutelage and just how he does things as far as approaching the quarterback position. 
Hey, Chad, your best season with the Jets, you had 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. You were sacked 22 times. Darnold last year was sacked 33 times. To have success at the quarterback position, you got to get protected. What are they going to do with that offensive line to get him protection so he can go down the field in, in a vertical offense? Well, certainly uh, you do look at your offensive line. You look, do look at the talent that you're bringing in and how you, uh, not only the talent you're bringing in, but how are you developing the offensive line talent. I will tell you, though, that um, sacks and that type of stat and looking at protection is not all upon the offensive line. Um, it certainly comes to uh, your running backs, your tight ends, um, the ability of your receivers to recognize when there is pressure and breaking routes at the appropriate time, and then your quarterback understanding when to hold the football and extend the play and when to let the football go and throw it out of bounds to live to see another down. And unfortunately, in our world of fantasy football and how we try to individualize the game, um, we look at statistics and, and we see uh, sacks, but when we just think that that's on the offensive line. and Or we look at a completion percentage and we say, well, the guy's at 61%. He must not be accurate. When we don't truly look at, well, did he have four throwaways in that game? Did he actually save his team from negative yards and, and keep his team out of uh, negative situations when it came to field position? And so that conversation is so much deeper than on the surface just looking at uh, the offensive line play. Although I will say, uh, you know, the organization needs to make sure that we're bringing in the right people to protect the quarterback or at least give the quarterback a chance to push the ball down the field. But there are certainly more moving parts to pass protection than just the offensive line. I'm curious, Chad, you, you know, you're one of the few guys that knows what it's like to be a quarterback in New York, but also somewhere else. Was there a big difference? And, and, and if so, what were they between being the, the quarterback of the Dolphins versus the Jets? A complete difference, Ross, a complete difference. Uh, my first press, press conference in Miami was completely different than any press conference I had in New York. And that's no, uh, that's not taking a shot at Miami or any of the great reporters and journalists that are there. It, is, it boils down to the volume of press within the New York market, um, where at any given point in your locker room in New York, there's you know, possibly 60 to 80 um, journalists in your locker room. When I went to Miami, there was not that volume. And so when you have volume like that, the intensity rises because the questions are more. And, and so when you take one topic and you have 10 reporters asking a question on one topic and then you double that with 20 reporters asking a question on the same topic, you can imagine that there's 20 different uh, questions, um, that questions are presented 20 different ways compared to 10. So that intensity has been doubled. That scrutiny has been doubled. Um, you know, the, the talk about the question has been doubled. So. And to say that there is no difference in New York, I would, I would have to disagree with someone who would say that because I've experienced it. And so that's part of the professional piece of being a quarterback in New York that we're asking Sam Darnold to automatically already have underneath his belt. That only comes through uh, experience, 
good and sound advice from people around you. I myself had a, a situation in 2004 where, uh, you know, I took, I quote, took the media on. It was not wise on my part, but I let my emotion get the best of me. From that point on, uh, I learned from that uh, mistake and, and really worked on my presentation and worked on how I could uh, interact with the media. Uh, now, we're having this conversation, and we haven't mentioned one thing about performance on the field. And so you can see how all these factors go into being a professional quarterback, number one, but also being a professional quarterback in New York. That's exactly where I want to go, Chad, is, you know, winning in sports is the magic elixir. It fixes everything. So they go seven and nine over the, or seven and five over their final 12 games last year. If you remove that four games, is this a team heading into the 2020 season, you know, barring this off season, maybe an addition of an Odell Beckham Jr. or a team that should be poised to make the playoffs in that division contend for a division title with the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots? Is that a reasonable expectation? Well, if you take the exact same team from last year, I think that answer would be no. If you take uh, the best parts of the team from last year and then add a few parts to it, I think then you could have uh, a realistic conversation about that expectation. Um, Part of becoming a playoff contender is being seasoned as a team and going through experiences and being able to hold um, you know, crucial parts of your team together, being able to add other parts that can really add to the leadership piece and the chemistry piece of a team. That's one thing that we forget about with football, and why, I guess why we love the NFL so much is that it truly boils down to the 53 men in the locker room and how they come together. Um, and sometimes it doesn't have to do with an X and an O or a scheme to get that done. I've been on teams where we started off terrible and people were talking about the scheme and what we needed to do. And really what we did to fix it was our belief system. That happened to us in 2002 when I became the starter. People were talking about play calling and things like that. We won seven out of nine after starting two and five and won the division. And guess what? Our play calling got more conservative. But what changed was our belief system in making those plays work and believing in each other and uh, you know really making it work as a team. So – uh, to answer your question, yes, it can happen, but there's a lot of work to be done, first of all, in the front office and bringing in the right pieces for this specific team in 2020, as well as the work to be put in by the players to make it happen. Speaking of the work that's being put in, Chad, last question, then we'll get you out of here. Uh, last I checked, you were still working for the, the Players Trust, uh, which was part of the last CBA, and... You were coaching football. Are both of those still going on? And can you let the listeners and viewers know what you got going on and and what you're getting out of both of those jobs? Absolutely. So a slight correction, I work as a consultant within the NFL Legends community, which is an umbrella of um, former players. We work as directors and coordinators within the community, working in tandem with the league office to help our guys transition from the game Uh, and use the programs and resources and benefits that are out there for them to have a successful transition into the next chapter of their life. Underneath that, we do work with the Players Trust. I just got off the phone with 
with one of the, the employees of the trust yesterday and helping three players find some resources that they were looking for. Uh, and so that's a collectively bargained agreement between the owners and the P and the, the union where this trust has been uh, so uh, it's been very successful in serving players with the six pillars that it has. Uh, with that, the Legends Youth Advisory Committee is one that I serve on as well with uh, 10 former players where we're looking at how we take the information uh, that we have at the NFL level and really push it down to our grassroots in youth and high school football because that's truly where the health of our game lies. So that's been really fun to be a part of and rewarding. And then finally, I did start a football program from scratch here in Lexington, Kentucky, small private school in downtown Lexington. Hasn't had football since 1976. And so that's been rewarding to really use the game of football uh, as a platform to develop our young student athletes. I think sometimes we don't talk enough about the core values of our game that can be so beneficial in developing uh, our young student athletes. And so I've really enjoyed that and teaching our, our kids on what accountability looks like and responsibility and teamwork and accepting constructive criticism and all these different things that our game just naturally provides that are, are so beneficial and vital to their success in life after football. So that's been rewarding as well. Man, that is awesome, Chad. And I don't know why I said trust. I knew you were part of the Legends community, but I also knew you worked <laughs> with them. But that's, that, that is awesome. Uh, keep up the great work, man. Always good seeing you in person. Appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, there he is, Chad Pennington. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home at Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.